finding new ways to do things, new ways to like progress sports through through product creation. Um, like we mentioned it on sustainability, but just in performance and stuff, like they never sacrifice on performance and um, the collaboration with the athletes, etc. Like I think that's kind of the the DNA of Solomon. are the characteristics behind many different brands. Some of them are outgoing and energetic, some are a little bit more laid back. So in this podcast, we look to explore all the different characteristics, not only of the brand itself, its roots, its origins, but the people behind the brand. And is there a bit of a relationship between the characters of the people and the characters of the brand? This episode is brought to you by Hike and Ride, the home of custom-fitted ski boots and where the ski shop comes to your front door. Book your appointment now at hikeandride.co.uk. Hike and Ride, adventure delivered. It's funny because the feedback is um, from people. It's like someone will message me and say, this part is really funny. And I'm like, okay. And then someone else will find something else to be really funny and I, and I'm yeah which is cool it strikes a different chord with different people um favorite chapter well Melbourne because I because I lived in Melbourne that that that's a favorite I mean the guy who did the editing for me was a total stranger first like person I really sent it to and he said the chapter on Melbourne made him want to live there um move there he's from Chicago but and some some other guys told me like parts made them homesick who are from Australia and lived in Europe um, but I think Melbourne, yeah, it's written in a different way because I had to treat it differently. I mean, it wasn't really a tourist there in a, in a way. Um, and then the Northern Territory, like I went to up to Darwin and I traveled into Kakadu National Park and things. And, and that's a, that's a wild place. Like it's, it's, you know, um, Aussies would hate this, but straight out of, uh, McDundee in a way, some of the stuff you see, um, it's really exotic. And so that's really fun to like see something and then try to relay to the reader, like how exotic it is in a way without like patronizing it also like, um, yeah, that that's an exotic place. Well, Australia has a lot of exotic places in a way and exotic characters, it's the people often that make the stories, you know, so you change them, change the names and tell the story. We, uh, many years ago, we had the chance to travel to Australia and we basically flew, um, Sydney, Alice Spring, Alice Spring, Darwin, and we rented a car and then drove back to Sydney. So it was, it was quite an adventure, and um, it was it was a fantastic, fantastic uh, trip. And yeah. uh, one of the things that didn't make us chuckle is uh, that as we were driving along, obviously you, you know want to go see like kangaroos and everything like that, but we actually had to go to a zoo you know, to see a kangaroo. Though there are lots out there, we just saw none that that were alive. Right, they were on the side of the road, all over the road. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Australia is wonderful, and. Do you, have, do you have plans that you'd like to, to go back there at some point and uh, just spend more time there? Or? Absolutely. Yeah, I love it there. I, there's a lot of things I miss about Australia. I mean, the people, first and foremost, I have a lot of good friends there. Um, I The quality of life in Australia is really great, whatever that term means. But I find, the, I think, too, like I find the sense of humor and the personalities kind of akin to the northeast of the U.S. where I grew up, like Boston sort of. Boston, New York, that sort of edgy New England, uh, New York's not part of New England, but you know that I, you know, it because you're yeah. Canada, but like, 
where people will like give you a hard time, but that means they like you and you're included and uh, they'll joke with you and you can give it back a little bit and yeah. then you're like on the same level in a way. So I really like that about living there and they're pretty kind of straight shooters, you know, where you stand. Um, but just, yeah, I miss in Melbourne leaving home and I could walk to the MCG, which is the Melbourne cricket ground and go to uh, the footy, the, the Aussie rules football on a Saturday afternoon. And they'd be, yeah, incredible. There'd be like 80,000 people and, it's a bit like the Premier League in the UK in a way, like a lot of teams in in in, in London for f- football, soccer, a lot of team footy teams in Melbourne too. It's it's like religion, and they're crazy for sports in Melbourne, like oh. absolutely nuts. That's great. You um, so uh, the book itself then is it is it is it, is it uh, uh, can you dip in dip out? Is it is yeah. it a, is it a novel or is it you can pick it up? Yeah, so it's, yeah, I should have said that at the top. It's kind of a first person narrative of different um it's kind of broken into i think nine nine or so sections mm-hmm. so it'd be like i went to western australia so i did like perth and um margaret river down south and then um and a lot of times it's like i've got a local tour guide because i knew people there or i knew people through someone i worked with at callaway or something or even as actually someone i met at solomon who when i went back when i went to adelaide he was like my tour guide for a few days so we did some wine tasting i walked all over Adelaide, et cetera. But it's, it's pretty easy to like read a chapter, put it down and doesn't have to be done in order. And, um, most of those books are the first person travel or just straight sort of their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I did differently is I put, uh, at the end of each section, I added like, um, a page called unsolicited advice. So I have like uh, must do up to you and next time in each section and that was just kind of like i remember uh, reading books like a bill bryson or someone and i'd be like oh that's funny this is hilarious like where can i find this in the book because it's like 400 pages and i tried it on a test chapter with some people and a girl i used to know through skiing a friend of mine she was like i i got to the end of the, the chapter i love the stories they're really funny and then I got to the end of the chapter and you had this little advice bit. And I love that because I could, I could use it as a guidebook if I wanted to. So I tried to, do, tried to bring a bit of a mix, which um, it's a little different, I suppose, in that way. But yeah, it's not, I would say it's not heavy reading. Um, one guy wrote on Amazon that this is what, uh, what did he say? If, if Jerry Seinfeld owned Lonely Planet, this would be his guidebook. That's so, that, that's a very good review. I guess, yeah. I thought Kramer was the funniest guy outside. So, so. <laughs> um, so uh, you mentioned Amazon. So uh, where where can people buy the book if they wanted it? Okay, so this was my big learning process because I published it all on my own. Oh, self-published, cool. Yeah, uh, cool, but man, I think that was as uh, laborious as the writing, the book itself, is learning how to do this. Um, yeah, it's on Amazon anywhere in the world really amazon whatever i think it's .com.au in australia .com in the us ca in canada right um and in the uk as well so amazon for sure and then also most uh online bookstores so like if if like your local bookstore has an online shop it's on like in the us say barnesandnoble.com not in the store so much but you can get it you can get it there if you if you ask them but um online's the the easiest way to do it yeah but fun process thank you for asking about it no no can they get it from your website as well 
Um, yeah, well, on the website, it links to um, to all those places. Like, I tried to make it easy if people go to my website or Instagram or whatever, they can. There's a link to all the different places. So my web, yeah, my website is timsweeneylive.com, mm-hmm. and I'm actually rebuilding it right now with the guy with the someone who's more talented at that stuff than me. So, but it, it's live. I'm just making it more professional looking. Let's say that's cool. No, it's pretty, well. Yeah, it'd be lovely to uh, do that, and we'll put the links and put the links um, in the show notes as well for people as well if they're, if they're interested. Makes a great Christmas present, and uh, uh, fantastic for that. Um, do you um, uh, obviously you, uh, with everything you do, writing and, and scripting and all that sort of stuff? Um, you know, obviously there's so much video out there, and your 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 hands in with, with video at work as as well. But is is there still a place for the written word in even with your experiences and doing tons of video? Is there a place for that? Do you think? Um, yeah, I certainly think so, but I suppose I'm a little biased. Uh, I mean, the written word, if you mean just like in print or in a book or just in, in general, I mean, I've heard this, I actually do a bit of freelance writing and someone was saying like, oh, AI is going to take all the, all the jobs, all the writing jobs, et cetera, because you just have to type something in. And I interviewed an AI expert and she was like, it's not the case. She's got a business around AI. And she said, It'll do certain things, but it's never going to be able to provide like that personality or maybe not never, but, um, some expert out there listening will tell me otherwise, but I think, yeah, like long form words, I, like I said, I'm not like a, um, a massive reader myself, but I still love escaping into something like putting a phone away for sure. Um, putting a screen away and just like escaping into a story like that. Um, yeah, it's for me, for sure. And the written word is what feeds all this stuff, you know, yeah. half the, half the movies you like are started out as books or for sure on paper. Um, and yeah, I hope so. I hope people <laughs> are still reading books, um, or whether reading it on a Kindle or whatnot, cause it's, I did, I had to do that as well, set it all up for the Kindle. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Are you, are you a reader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love reading. I love. Uh, I really do enjoy reading, and probably get to a point where you read. Um, you get. Uh, I find I have to probably get about eight, about three chapters into a book, and what, if I can make it to the third chapter, I'm usually I'm there for the long haul. Um, yeah. But if I if I'm not engaged, you know, sometimes it's a bit of a struggle. Sometimes, um, but I do I do enjoy reading, and I I think what's fantastic uh, about reading either a novel or reading certain books is is the message or the the, the sub message that they're sometimes trying to get across which i think is is interesting you know so um i do like um, um reading ads and everything like that as well because there's, there's there's so many levels to it which sounds really really cheesy to say but i really quite enjoy that um yes so the um uh one other thing i was going to ask you about is just um as we as we kind of move on a little bit here is um you know, if we were to take a look at your your experiences and everything like that, uh, we take a look at um, you know, I'm not going to say a, a, an environmental question or anything like that, but from your experience in terms of brands that need to sell products and everything like that, and and obviously brands need to sell products and people need to buy, but there's still an environmental message and everything like that. Um, how do you how do you balance the need how, in your perspective? How do you balance need to sell new products versus the sustainability message and everything like that just top line from your experience not necessarily holding it holding your, your feet to the fire yeah uh, the million dollar or billion dollar question yeah 
if I had this answer, uh, <laughs> popular guy. Um, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's a big question. I mean, I guess for a brand like, like Solomon, the, the goal is not to sell you something, a new jacket, let's say every year, right? The goal is to sell you a jacket that you love or shoes that you love that are, that are durable, that last you years. And then hopefully down the road, you come back and you get your next jacket from Solomon and you build like customers for life, which I guess is brand and product loyalty. Um, and I know that that's part of what Solomon is doing is like more durability. These are the things that maybe if you talk to experts that that's the, that's the big, that's the big way you can improve is just to buy less. Well, I mean, things, things like in, in, in some ski boxes and it, Taking out of the uh, taking the was it the uh, plastic bags out of the the boots and uh, putting it with paper uh, that definitely helps and the ski poles and all that sort of stuff using using a little clip I think I think the stat is something like you save five five and a half tons of, of plastic a year which is which is you know that's fantastic to be able to yeah. do stuff like that which are- all those sort of quote unquote little things the mm-hmm. certified packaging like like you said like substituting one thing for another um, and it's takes commitment too because people have been doing things a certain way for yeah. a long period of time or it might cost more money but you know yeah kudos to the people who make the decisions like no we have to do it so let's do it um so yeah. um bit of, bit of an off the wall question for you um just before we uh look to to wrap a few things up so uh at the ADC there uh in France um imagine if you would you're sitting there one day door opens up and a uh, silver-haired chap, last name Salomon, first name George, walks in. Okay. What do you think he would recognize at the brand? And what do you think he would be most uh, proud of seeing his legacy now? Jeez, that's a good one. What would he... Um, first, I think he'd be proud of like how authentic the place is. Um, and I say that like from a people standpoint, um, I think the people in the building, uh, live what they do for a living. Like, um, there's as passionate, I imagine as he was at like finding new ways to do things, new ways to like progress sports through, through product creation. Um, like we mentioned it on sustainability, but just in performance and stuff, like they never sacrifice on performance and um, the collaboration with the athletes, et cetera. Like, I think that's kind of the the DNA of Solomon and it's, I'd say, alive and well uh, for sure. I mean, the, the lives these people lead outside of Solomon is crazy. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're a fan of Solomon and you think like, there's no way people who create this like love skiing as much as me because it's an escape for me. I work nine to five in a banking job and I get the ski, but they do. They love like what they do. And I think that would be super um, satisfying to him. Um, yeah. So that authentic element to it. Um, what else? It's got like a real um, spirit of like having fun too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was like personally, but I mean, some of the stories, which I won't get into here are legendary around like 
what a Solomon Christmas party is like, etc. I mean, you're like your mind is blown when you. It's probably tamer now, but when I even six seven years ago, like, um, yeah, just that cultural element to it. Like people have fun with their job. I mean, Franco Ogliato is the the CEO, uh, president and CEO of Solomon now, and he says that a lot. Like we 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 should be enjoying what we do. I mean, he's a he's an ultra runner. He's a skier as well. So um, this is fun. Like we're selling fun in a way, right? So the people live that. The culture is like for sure alive and well. Um, I would say so. Those two things, like really authentic in what they do and and, and just how they do it, I think he'd be pretty thrilled at that. And there's still a fair bit of French being spoken. He probably liked that too. I think I, I, I could be completely wrong with this, but is is part of the original Salomon building um, still on on the campus as well? Is that not, or what are the office buildings or something like that? Well, I don't know how long we've been in this office itself. It was kind of across the street. Mm, maybe that's now, and we're doing big renovations now. It should be beautiful uh, for people who are looking looking to apply. They'll love the building renovations. Yeah. Um, but the original original like workshop is in the old town in NC. And I think I've found it, the right little building. Like, yeah, if anyone knows Annecy, the the old the old town is old. <laughs> um and yeah, that that's where like the first first workshop started. And so now we're five K, three, three miles or so away from the old town. Um that's great. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I'm going to guess um, that obviously still being global brand, it's obviously HQ. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens in there. Um, it's not like something where people can walk in off the street or anything like that. Even you know, no. people. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're pretty careful about ex- walking into the actual building. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot of stuff in there that's yeah. proprietary, etc. It was the same way at Callaway. God, they were really careful about stuff there. <laughs> um, about any of these brands, you're. Yeah, you're dealing with like patents and things that the competition is always interested in. Um, we do have a nice new brand store. Okay. Right next to the building. Uh, it used to be employees only and across the street. So a nice place for us to get our discounts. Now the public can go in. It's beautiful, spanking new store. Uh, and it's like adjacent to our building. We have events in there. As a, two nights ago, I was hosting a little um a guest appearance from one of our brand ambassadors, a guy who's traveled the world for nine years without using an airplane, Thor Peterson. Yeah. So we had like 50, 60 people in there. And then we had a whole live event on, on YouTube broadcast from this building. So from the, from the shop, um, yeah, it's beautiful, really modern shop. And, um, so that's nice to have there for people to come in right yeah. off the street. Yeah. That's wonderful. So people are, are able to, to live and breathe the Salomon brand in, in, in that area. So that's, that's very good. Yeah. For sure. But people love, people love the tours of the building because we have a media come through and, um, Jules, the guy I mentioned who works with me, he, he's the tour, uh, tour expert. He really knows the building now. So every, we have test labs, we have prototyping for skis in there. Um, they're prototyping shoes, of course, like making them by hand pretty much. Um, a lot of like athlete prototypes get made in, in the ADC from skis to shoes to bags. And then they become range products like down the track. Um, so they can build everything pretty much down downstairs. It's it's really cool tour. When I first walked through, I remember the day I did an interview here. I came came to Salmon for an interview. I I met seven people from nine to three. 
and the worst jet lag, starting with the then president. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be dead by the end of the day. But walking around kind of like perked me up. I was like, well, they're making skis. Those are wood cords for skis right there. Uh, it's really interesting. Everything like testing if a jacket will pull. They have a machine that like flicks on the fabric. They put bindings for skis in a freezer and they flex it for like two days. The machine will go to simulate like the life of a product testing it in the real conditions of like whatever zero degrees you know uh pretty pretty cool to see up close for sure that's awesome that's yeah. awesome cool um so um as we look to wrap up our our, our conversation which i've thoroughly enjoyed learning a lot about yourself and salomon and, and your adventures um we always like to ask everybody the same three questions so um i'm gonna ask you as well so if people had to take away a sentence a word or a phrase that encapsulates the salomon brand uh, what would that be? You got to give me a second. You got to like stall for me. Um, so this one time in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, I knew you're going to ask me these questions because I've listened to the podcast before. Um, I could give you like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of like the mission statement. Like we, we believe the outdoors has the power to change people's lives and make them the best version of themselves. That's kind of what we hold on to internally. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'd go back to the people. Um, I think, how did I put it before? That the people live what they do for a living. I, I think from like a culture standpoint, that that summarizes it. I, I, I feel like I'm pretty active, pretty sporty, yeah. and... Uh, yeah, people will say, "Well, you're a good skier," and I'm like, "I don't say that in this building." Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> it's it's not a low. Like we've got guys who skied in the Olympics and stuff, and they're like working in the ski departments. Like, I don't say that. It's bad. But um, they like really love it. They they are out trail running. They might run thousand vertical meters up a, up a mountain behind their house after work. That's like no big deal. And when you move here and start to live work there, you find yourself doing similar stuff like you're just into it so yeah i think it's um solomon is a place where the employees uh live what they do for work i i'm sorry i can't think of like a more no that's good i like i like that people uh, really I'm, a, I'm a writer i need to sit down for a minute play with the words <laughs> um what do you want your legacy to be Well, this is just in general. Yeah, just in general, or your sporting legacy, or it could be your, your writing legacy. What would you like your legacy to be? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be professional. I'm, that's, I learned a while ago you had to be more than your job. So um, I think, uh, well, I mentioned my dad earlier, so I lost my dad like six years ago. I would say my dad was like very um, loyal, dependable to the people that, were important to him and, and were dependent on him. So uh, that's first and foremost to me. I mean, be someone he'd be he'd be proud of. <laughs> uh, and I, I know he was, but so yeah, just treating people the right way. And that I'm like fun to be around, I guess is good too. I like a laugh. So uh, yeah, but most important is that stuff. Like be loyal, um, be dependable. That, that stuff was 
I'd say his traits. So I, I always uh, appreciated those. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, as an individual, who do you think a legend is and why? See, I knew these were coming and I still like, they're tricky. I didn't give you some examples to define a legend because we talked about this before, right? Legend, like in Australia, they say like, oh, he's a legend, you know, and they're just talking about like a mate, yeah. right? Um, but mm -hmm. I listened to Mike Douglas and he was talking about like a legend is someone who changes this and that, yeah. but I, I yeah. Um, I have a couple like, I, I think, well, someone like, like Courtney Doe Walters, like becoming a legend right in front of us. And she's also super like unassuming in a way. Um, if you see her, she's like, how are you doing before you can even ask her how she's doing? Um, and I love that about someone like that. Um, I'm, you know what I mentioned, I, I interviewed Arnold Palmer, uh, mm -hmm. the golfer. Yeah. And he was like, personified kind of a legend to me so if i think like what it, i mean i ate, ate lunch with him in the little grill at his golf course i interviewed him at his at his office in pennsylvania like his old home and um i've saw him so if just the way he acted around people was amazing like he is a global icon like one of the first to like have his own personal brand so if people are listening to this from an outdoor fans he's a golfer but probably the first to like have a symbol, et cetera, like literally had the umbrella, made millions of millions of dollars. He's a pilot. Um, but he looked really, really comfortable in his own skin. I mean, I met, I knew him even into his eighties a bit. I was like, no, we weren't pals, but, um, I, I met him a bunch of times and like people would walk up to him and he had time for them. Um, you know, I think sometimes you see people who are like famous and they're maybe younger celebrities, whatever, and they maybe aren't comfortable with it. And it, it's probably not easy, um, but he was just like, yeah, he looked people in the eye, whether it was a kid or an adult or whatever, and that can't be easy to do when you've done it for 50 years or whatever. Um, but he just had time for people, and I don't know, I find that to be like really appealing when, because I've been around some, I mean, I interviewed Justin Timberlake and stuff, and he, he was a nice guy for sure, and you realize like what the pull people have on them like everybody wants a piece so when you see guys like that who can really handle it and just comfortable with it it's i know i guess you have to grow into it but uh yeah those are sort of legend uh legend status for me that's brilliant yeah no i'd, I'd take that arnold palmer yeah totally brilliant well listen tim i really want to thank you so much for your time today and it's, it's been brilliant i've said enjoyed chatting and kind of connecting it's been it's been fantastic and um if people want to find out more about you if they want to find out more about the brand if uh, you want to give us another plug for your book and your website please uh, let us know well i feel weird plugging books i'm talking to you working for solomon but yeah <laughs> no i i think uh first of all thank you i appreciate it um I know some of the other people you had on this podcast and I was like, whoa, what's he want to talk to me for? Uh, Len Plake, Mike Douglas, but yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Um, no, I, I, uh, post here and there on Instagram. That's T E Sween. So I try to, I get to go to some cool places. I don't have a ton of followers, but I do get up in the mountains and take some fun photos and videos and stuff. But my website's Tim Sweeney live and, um, 
I tend to post some stories on there, etc. And yeah, the, the book, I pre- really appreciate it. It's called Yank Down Under a Drink and a Look Around Australia. We'll see if there's another one. I have to I have to think about that. Uh, I'm sure there, I'm sure there's someone. And um, if people want to uh, connect more with the brand themselves in terms of salary, what, what are the best ways for people to do that? Yeah, I think um, on social media, we're Solomon on Instagram. Um, those, they do an awesome job, that team. Um, we have Solomon TV as well. So the YouTube channel is pretty amazing. Um, we've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe. I can't give it all away, but some really cool athlete stories. I get to see some of the early stuff in its roughest format. And um, yeah, some really cool brand stories are coming along the way. So those are the places to to follow Solomon. Wonderful. Great. Well, listen, thank you so much again for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, fingers crossed, Jamie's yeah, on a fantastic uh, rest of the day, rest of the weekend, and uh, we'll hopefully connect with you soon. You too, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Enjoy talking to you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Legends of the Brand. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Listen, drop us an email at info at legendsofthebrand.com. That's info at legendsofthebrand.com if you'd like to reach out and get in touch. And make sure to check out the show notes also at all the W's at legendsofthebrand.com. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.